We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
everybody. Happy Monday and welcome to Grinders Live over on Rotor Grinders. I'm Eric Crane, joined by the one, the only, the three-point specialist du jour, SBK. What's up, man? How we doing? Good, man. Uh, yeah, happy to be here. It's a nice, nice little eight-game slates to kick the week off. Um, yeah, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you, too. You, like, I got to say... You look way better than the normal host I have. Like normally, you know, people show up like me. I've got a jacket on. I threw this on. I got a haircut yesterday, so I don't have to touch my hair. Look at you got like the hair flowing. Like, do you ever leave your house without your hair looking nice? Uh, I I mean, I make a point not to if I'm having one of those days where it's just not cooperating with me. I'll throw a hat on and end the story. But because uh, I mean, I've yeah. never seen you like with a single hair out of place, it's incredible. No, really. yeah. Dan Back will tell you the same thing. He's uh, I've never met anyone that comments on how good my hair looks more more than Dan Back, and I love him for it. But, well, uh, you know why that is, though. Well, uh, he he doesn't have much of his own. Yeah, I mean, Dan, Dan's just sitting there like if you had like a little alfalfa thing going on, he'd just be like, "Man, I am jealous of that." Yeah, that's just yeah. that is a phenomenal one hair sticking up. Uh, guys, welcome. We got an eight-game slate, as SBK was saying earlier. But before we get to that. Make sure you click like, subscribe, it help us out over here on Rotor Grunners, and we would really appreciate it. Also, the FanDuel Single Entry Series, it's going on right now. It's a $10 buy-in today, so make sure you get in that. Only a $10 buy-in if you um, if you do well enough in this Single Entry Series. we got a big boy grand prize for you, so make sure you get in there. You know, and the nice thing is, if you do well, you say, well, man, but the buy-ins are going to go up later, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Guys, if you're doing well, you're going to be able to afford them, so make sure you join the just $10 tonight over on FanDuel. Jump in that single entry series. And, you know, if you keep doing well, you're really going to have a chance for a big boy prize. Also, this is pretty neat. And, of course, this time of the year, it's also really important because if you've been listening to the Road of Grinders, chances are you've been doing pretty darn well at DFS. And, of course, my least favorite time of the year, it's tax time now. we got about six weeks before April 15th. And um, we've got a neat little question and answer form post going on and we also have the dfs dash taxes channel in the in discord and uh yeah you want to check it out for with dfs accounting and if you have questions about accounting for your dfs results check out the question and answer thread in the rg form not rg form I, I i feel like i don't spend enough time there you're you're in the form a lot aren't you sbk no that's a place really? that i know I sh- it's a place that i should probably spend more time too um I just get so caught up on you know, our projections pages, lineup HQ throughout the day that it's just like kind of want to just slip through the cracks sometimes. But uh, there's a ton of interesting stuff going on in there. I feel like I get lost down a rabbit hole <laughs> in about two seconds if I had spent much time in there during the day. Yeah, that's a good point because you get in there and the next thing you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's Wednesday. And you're like, well, <laughs> crap, I was not meaning to do that. But uh, that's how it is. It's just how it goes sometimes. So like we said, we got an eight-game slate tonight. The first thing we should probably talk about is the situation with Philly because yesterday Tobias Harris wasn't going to play. That's all we heard yesterday. Oh, they were going to be without Ben Simmons. They're going to be without Tobias Harris. And that is no longer the case because we found out just a little bit ago that Tobias Harris is in fact playing tonight. So, you know, as of an hour ago, Joel Embiid was a lock for me. I feel like he is probably still a lock for me, but what does Tobias Harris do to you in terms of, these Philadelphia bodies. So I think you're pretty much dead on with Embiid. Uh, I, you know, before the show, we had a query set up to, to show everybody with uh, Simmons and Harris off the floor. 
Embiid was, I think, at 1.64 fantasy points per minute um, over that stretch. And with Harris on and Simmons off, he's still at 1.61. So he's really not impacted that heavily. Josh Richardson is a guy whose numbers kind of crater with Harris now on the floor. With Harris off, he's at 1.05 fantasy points per minute. Uh, and with Simmons off also. And now with Harris back on the floor, he's down to 0.85. Um, I think Horford takes a hit here too. His playing time becomes not quite as secure. So I think Embiid's still pretty much locked into what we thought he would do even with Harris off. I don't think that changes too much for him. Offense is still flowing through him for sure. But Harris's presence now certainly muddies the water for Horford, for Richardson. Even a guy like Shake Milton's production drops a bit. He would have been kind of a fringe option if Harris sat. And Harris himself is certainly in play now. I think people will be kind of afraid to go there given, you know, the fact that he was doubtful as of this morning. But yeah, it's, he's it, – go ahead. It, well, as I say, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, we got the Tobias Harris news about 10 minutes before he went on. And it wasn't until you were talking I said, you know, Tobias is suddenly really interesting right now. You mentioned over on the court IQ. I've got that pulled up with Ben Simmons off the floor, and you can see Josh Richardson, eh, I mean, okay, he's doing all right. It's basically no change from 0.85 point per minute. Now, I do think that that could go up. I do think that is going to be a bit higher tonight. I like Josh Richardson regardless in tournaments. He's still going to see a lot of Trey Young on the other side, which means that, you know, he basically gets to play basketball against, the you know, a pool noodle. So I like Josh Richardson fine. But Joel Embiid, to me, is the guy – that I'm going to have a lot of trouble fading tonight. 1.61 DraftKings point per minute without Ben Simmons on the floor. You can see right here, that is up from what he normally does. The usage, though, 36% usage, we would like him in any matchup. We're going to like him regardless. Now you throw in a matchup against Dwayne Dedman, who right now cannot play basketball without fouling. And a matchup with the Hawks where Philadelphia should be able to dominate, where – I just, I just don't see a way that Embiid doesn't get there. You know, I suppose foul trouble or if he hurts his pinky finger again, so be it. But Embiid, to me, is one of the locks of the slate. He is, yeah. I mean, I think I'm still kind of prioritizing Giannis, and I think it has something to also to do with the lack of you know, depth really behind him at small forward on this slate. Um, Luca's another guy that's kind of right up there, but it is kind of hard to get away from, from Embiid. Um, there are some decent center options that I guess we'll touch on in a bit um, that are priced a little bit below him um, where you can kind of have some savings, make it easier to, to throw Giannis or, or Luca on there. But um, there's really no way I could argue with, you know, building a roster around and beat. Yeah. And, you know, he's just, I don't know. I just really find it tough not to play a beat. I really do. When I was building my lineups before the show, he was genuinely the first guy on there. You did mention Al Horford. I'm not playing Al Horford. I was kind of excited that people were going to play Oliver because the dude, I understand that it's a revenge game against Atlanta. I understand that there was, if there was no Tobias, he was still going to see minutes. And I suppose I would have had to have considered him at just 4.5 K. But to me, I'm still not touching out Horford and I'm perfectly fine with that. One of the reasons I'm not playing Horford is there is a ton of value on this slate. And I mean a ton. You can see right here, I've got lineup HQ pulled up for DraftKings. We've got, eight different guys projected at over 6X, which is a massive number, and, and most of them are forwards. You know, you've got Mo Wagner. You've got Kelly Olynyk. How does Chuck Kelly Olynyk sound? That's a little scary to me. Josh Jackson, Brandon Clark. And, you know, 
you take a look at these Memphis guys, one of the reasons they are going to be popular is because there's no Jaron Jackson. He's going to be missing for a while. Let's talk about these Memphis forwards because Jonas Valanciunas, I don't have a ton of interest in. Brandon Clark, though, at 5.5K, getting over 30 minutes. I've got a lot of interest in. Josh Jackson, I think he's one of the bigger wild cards on this slate. And at 3.3K, I see a guy here that he might play 15 minutes and screw you. He also might play 28 minutes and be an absolute must. I'm doing three lineups tonight. I'm going to have him in one or two of them. Where do you fall in the Josh Jackson wheel? So he's in play. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a handful of these Memphis guys that I think you can kind of feel good about. One interesting thing that I was digging up through Court IQ is that um, it's not a huge bump in his production, but Valanciunas is at 1.36 fantasy points per minute with Jaron Jackson off the floor. Brandon Clark, I think, is a shade above uh, fantasy point per minute. Mm-hmm. So I think both those guys are pretty strong. Um, Jackson will be kind of – he's not somebody I'm actively looking to roster, I don't think. If, if it, he fits at the end, I think I'd be fine with the permitted upside that he gives you. And there's a lot of different ways that I think Memphis can go. They're one of the more uncertain rotations heading into to this slate. So it's not a bad leverage spot, I think, if, if he is on the high end of his minute projection. Uh, he could be a very valuable play, especially in tournaments. You but know, I hate it. Yeah, I do want to say, though, I want to make sure you guys out there, if you're watching, I would not play. Like, if you're multi-entering tonight, I would go to um, player groups. I would go to create new group. I would go to Josh Jackson and Clark, maximum one. All right, I would not play these two guys together because Josh Jackson's path to minutes likely hinges on Brandon Clark getting fewer minutes. So, to me, there's no way I'm going to play these guys together because I don't think together they have the requisite upside to win you a tournament. Would you agree with that, where you're not touching these guys in the same lineup? I would, and you can even throw Gorgie Jang in there, too. He's another kind of fringe-ish GPP option you could consider. Um, one other name that's kind of interesting is Dylan Brooks on Fando. I think he's 4.3K, which okay. is uh, you know fairly cheap given, I think, what, what he can, can give you. Yeah, Brooks is I, – I struggle – with the matchup for Brooks, you know, because I, I typically don't like to play wings against the Clippers because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, two of the elite defenders, but Brooks, as you said, he is super cheap over in FanDuel. I'm pulling it up right now. And I understand the matchup is bad, but kind of like you said, the price tag, I mean, he grades out right now as the best point per dollar shooting guard play over on FanDuel. Now the matchup, like I said, not great, but it's tough to argue with the minutes and it's tough to argue with the price. Yeah, I mean, we could, you know, there's a chance they don't have Paul George tonight. Patrick Beverly also questionable. So if those guys sit, that would make it a little bit easier on the, the wing players from Memphis. Well, another guy that a team's not going to have tonight is Washington. They're going to be really thin up front because Davis Bertans was ruled out while we were on air, which means we got to talk about Mo Wagner. And I have a Mo Wagner problem. <laughs> I should admit that because – I play Mo Wagner way more than I probably should. That said, right now, he grades out as a great point-per-minute play at just 25 minutes with no Dallas Bertans. He could actually see 26, 27 minutes. I'm a big Mo Wagner fan. You know, they're, they're going to be without Brooke Lopez tonight in the middle, which means that it's going to be a lot of Robin Lopez defense. And plus, if this game turns into a blowout, I don't think they're going to say, well, sorry, Mo, you can't play anymore. I, to me, I think a blowout's actually good here. So, you know, we we're talking about some of these value options at the forward position. I think Wagner's another one. Yeah, he's so with Bertans and Bryant off the floor, we're looking at 0.9 fancy points per minute. 
over about 117 minute sample size for Wagner. Hachimura at 228 minutes is averaging 0.96 fancy points per minute. His price is still not, you know, hasn't come up too much given that he's just kind of eased in a little bit as he returned. Troy Brown at almost 500 minutes is averaging 0.96 fancy points per minute. So there's a couple of guys here that, that become more interesting. Wagner certainly um, is, you know, part of that group. I think Hachimura might be the one guy that if it does go and turn into a blowout, he may not, might not get the late run. Yeah. Um, we could see Wagner and Brown pick up some of that. So more so Wagner most likely. Yeah. But yeah, and I want to does... point out on Mo Wagner too. You're seeing right now 0.9 fantasy points per minute. That is not something I would be paying attention to because if you take a look at the differential right here, Mo Wagner on DraftKings, that's, you know, minus 0.18 what he's done it's very slow sample you know he's normally about he's better than a point per minute guy so I gotta be honest man I got three lineups and he's on all three of them right now yeah I don't mind especially with with Bertans out yeah 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 exactly I mean he was like that beforehand now that he's out um it's gonna be tough to ignore let's talk about some spins up spin ups on this slate because you mentioned Luca before first off I don't know how this guy is under 10K over on FanDuel. I don't know how this guy is under 11K over on DraftKings. I am making him a priority tonight. Dallas, they're, you know, I was reading the grind down earlier. Their team total is 10 points higher than it typically, than, you know, what they average. This Minnesota team, it's going to be a lot of Jordan McLaughlin and D'Angelo Russell in the backcourt. How does Luka not get there tonight? Blowout, I think, is the one way. But although we've seen him numerous times, I feel like there was a stretch where he had like three or four triple doubles in games where he wasn't even playing in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so it's not crazy to think that even if his minutes are bumped down due to a blowout, Minnesota did play yesterday, um, that he still probably gets to 60 fantasy points and, you know, is a guy you're fairly happy to have in your lineup. If by some chance this game stays close, he plays his normal allotment of minutes, the ceiling's even higher than it typically is. Yeah, so I'm still kind of the between him and Giannis. I mean, I think if I could make it work now with the value that's come out, rostering both of them, I'll absolutely try to do it. Um, but yeah, I think I mean I think means he had Luca as a core play, which you know you can't argue with that at all. Um, so as far as spend ups, it's still I'm 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 going to try to roster both the the studs, Dokic and Giannis together. If I can't do it, I'm still not 100% sure where I'm going to end up. It might be just kind of position scarcity, I think, would make me lean toward Giannis. But, um, yeah, I mean, can't argue with Luke at all. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned the position scarcity. In every lineup that I've built, I've ended up building small forward last just because I do not like the position. And I always say when you don't like a position like that – oh, I'm sorry, he's power forward. Either way, when I don't like a position, I usually go there last. Now, let's just – Let's play a little game. I'm over on DraftKings right now. Let's say I put Luca and Giannis in there together. You'd have 46.83 left over per spot. And, you know, we were talking about some of the value on the slate. And that's where a lot of the value lies. Guys like Gordie Jane, Robin Lopez, who, my God, I have a lot of Robin Lopez tonight. And that is uncomfortable. Josh Richardson, Chuck Kelly Olenek. We all know how that's going to go. Um, you know, you can make this work very easily. And if both these guys have ceiling games, you're going to need both of them. That's just how it is. We should talk about the Miami situation, though, because I mentioned Kelly Olenek. He's going to be popular. A lot of these Miami guys are going to be very popular because, of course, there is no Jimmy Butler tonight. And if you take a look at just the Miami guys, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Derek Jones, 
Kelly O, Bam Adebayo, Gordon Dragic, Andre Iguodala. All these guys grayed out as really good point per dollar plays. And how I'm treating the Miami situation is, am I forcing any of them in a lineup? No, even though the matchup is really good. But what I am doing is that when I get to that last piece, when I get to the spot where I go, okay, I need one or two guys, I'm looking at the Miami guys first because it's going to be really tough for them not to get there. I'm just not sure I want to be playing, you know, four or five Miami guys. Is that sort of how you're treating them, or does one or two of these guys stand out for you? So I do like the idea of – I think I will be probably forcing one of these guys in my lineups. I like kind of the idea of none – or Dragic a lot. The Cavs' backcourt is atrocious defensively. Garland and Sexton are both turnstiles. So I think I like the idea of one of those guys at least. Um, I'm a single-entry GVP player, and I think none is probably the guy that I'll end up with. But I think Dragic is perfectly fine as well. But, uh, I mean, you have Adebayo, 1.45 fans points per minute with Butler, Harrow, and Leonard off the floor. Even Jake Crowder, I mean, it's a very limited sample size, obviously, and this will not continue, but he's at 1.33 fantasy points per minute with these guys off. Obviously, small sample size alert. Um, Olenek, 1.08. So there's just a a ton of different ways to go. I like – I think I'll prioritize the guards, uh, mainly none. But, like, Olenek, we've we've probably said his name three times already. He's certainly an option. The fact that we're talking about him this much, honestly, makes me even more afraid to play him. Oh, it's um, terrifying. And he's going to be, you know, I'm seeing right here projected 13%. I would imagine he's going to be higher than that. I've got him in one of my lineups right now. I don't feel good about it. I don't love it. But, I mean, 25 minutes against Cleveland, that seems pretty good. It's not like Kevin Love. You know, we always talk about when Andre Drummond is playing a guy, we want those guys that can shoot from the outside because Drummond never leads the paint. That is exactly what Kelly Olynyk is. So even though it's uncomfortable, I have no problem with um, – with Olenek whatsoever. I wanted to talk also about Minnesota because obviously Carl Anthony Towns is going to miss. It's not like it was yesterday because D'Angelo Russell is there. And D'Angelo Russell actually is my sharp side lock of the day. I love D'Angelo Russell tonight, even though it is projected to be not the closest game. Uh, Dallas are 13 and a half point favorites. We know that Minnesota they're going to leave the guys out there. We know D'Angelo Russell. What is he going to do with Carl Anthony Dowd's missing? What's he going to be doing, SPK? I mean, he's a monster. I think the concern, again, is, is blowout if that does happen. I mean, I can see a situation where they ease up on him more so than, you know, Malik Beasley or, or you know, somebody that they are, might not be in their long-term plans. Russell very clearly is. Um, but, I mean, you can probably pencil in like 1.3, 1.35 pass points per minute with, with Towns off and the guys that he has around them now. So, in terms of upside in a tournament, he's got pretty much everything you want. And even at his price, it's not, not too elevated to where you're kind of nervous about that. But he's still, if he plays his minutes and does what he's going to do, um, the price is not prohibitive at all. I do like Nas Reed a lot. He's a guy that I think I'm – ending up on on the value side of power forward center. Um, Malik Beasley, I think, is still an option. Beyond that, it does get a little bit more murky with Russell back um, when he's out. I mean, obviously, you know, McLaughlin had a pretty good game yesterday. Wancho was a bit disappointing. But it's mainly – I think Nas Reed is the guy on the Minnesota side I'll have the most of. But there will be some, some tournament teams I have where, um, especially with Luca there, um, where I might try to throw Russell and it's kind of a run-it-back situation. 
Yeah, Russell is one of my favorite tournament plays on the entire slate. You know, I took the over. Hold on, what was the number? Somebody, Detroit. What was the number that I uh, that I had him at? Twenty six. Twenty. I got the over on twenty four and a half D'Angelo Russell points, and I feel so good about it. And I feel good enough. SBK, I got my streak up now. You know, we talk about the sharp stride streak for the cash. You get to five, you start getting some free money. I'm at three right now. I have tied my record. Tonight is the night where it gets going even a little bit higher. So I've got D'Angelo Russell at uh, over 24 and a half fantasy points. It was like minus 120, something like that. But either way, when I logged in, I said, you know, if his total is under 28, I'm going to go ahead and fire. When I saw 24 and a half, I go, baby, dog. So yeah, you might I, take that many shots. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the dude's got a chuck. Like he really might take thirty shots in this game. Jordan That's McLaughlin cool. ain't taking shots from him. Juancho Hernan Gomez ain't taking shots from him. The guy's gonna play thirty-five or thirty-six minutes, even in a blot. I think he still gets the minutes. So to me, this is like D'Angelo Russell's dream, man. Like the guy's gonna be chucking. I'm looking right here at DFS, and I see he's projected to be four percent owned. You know, you see right here, and I don't. And you know, if you look at the computer models, they don't like him all that much. Four point nine x, and I'm like, okay, I can live with that. Come on, come on down, D'Angelo Russell. In tournaments, like even though the models don't like him, you can't just sit there, look at the models, and say, okay, well, that's what I'm going to play. I think he's going for fifty on DK tonight. I really do. Yeah, and especially given it's like the you know models with a guy like Russell who's in a very new situation without much you know data to really back a lot of that stuff up. It's you know the range of outcomes I think is wider in situations like that so I think Russell definitely has a ceiling especially even at his price like I just said um so yeah I have from an upsides perspective zero issues with that who are some of the other guys that you look at this slate and you say this is the upside that I want these are the guys that in tournaments might be lower owned but uh you know I think they might end up crushing do you have anybody like that um Spencer Dinwiddie might be, I think, someone in like the kind of higher mid-range toward the higher range that I think might fall a little bit under the radar, especially with people prioritizing a lot of the studs, um, people prioritizing Luca. I think that alone might help to alleviate some of his ownership. Uh, it's this game I think has the lowest total on the slate. Anything with Orlando is generally um, slow-paced. But still, I mean, with no, with no Kyrie, I know Levert's come on kind of strong, but the ball's still in Dinwiddie's hands a ton. Um, I think given the low total, I think people will probably not look in that direction all that much. So I think in terms of guys that are going to fly under the radar, I think he's he's somebody that I'm kind of making a point to play that I don't think a lot of other people in the industry are making points. Yeah, you mentioned Karis LeVert, and he's somebody that over on DraftKings, 7.3K. I can't pay that price. No. I just can't do it. I, I like Karis LeVert, but I like him when he's like, 5k or 5500 i do not like him at 7.3k now the FanDuel price 6.5k it's a little bit easier to fit in you know you mentioned dinwiddie i think he's the only guy in that whole game i'm playing if i had to fade one game orlando and brooklyn feels like it has to be it i mean outside of dinwiddie is there anybody you want in this game no i think you could make a case for vooch but um i'm not actively trying to really roster anybody outside of, of Dinwiddie. He's the only guy. I didn't have anybody on my list from the Orlando side outside of mentioning Vooch as a GPP option. But, yeah, the Brooklyn side, you already touched on it. Levert on FanDuel, the price tag is more mm-hmm. friendly there. But outside of that, it's it's just pretty ugly. Yeah, you know, the center position, you mentioned Vooch. You know, when I said at the top of the show, I thought Embiid was a lock button. 
I used the first guy in every lineup I'd built. Even with Tobias Harris in there, I still think it's going to be tough for Joel Embiid not to crush tonight. And, of course, there are some value centers if you go down there. Guys like Gorgie Jang, guys like Kelly Olynyk, Mo Wagner I like, Al Horford I know is going to get some ownership. All these guys in the middle are going to be lower owned. You know, you just take a look at the projected ownership over Al Horford. You see Al Horford right here at 21%. There is nobody between him and Brandon Clark or Naz Reed that are going to be popular at all. Is there any of these lower owned centers that you like? Because I honestly, man, like I don't like any of these dudes. I could see – I mean, I don't know what we have Rudy Gobert at right now, but I could see him being a guy that just price yeah. might kind of keep him off people's radar. Either they're going cheaper or they're going up for Embiid. So he's a guy I think that, that I like enough to where I, I would feel perfectly content with him. Um, I think he still offers some outside value at his price. So he'd be a guy that I'm, I'd am i be pretty comfortable in, but um, comfortable with. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of with you. I like Embiid a lot. I do like Nasreed. Um, Robin Lopez is terrifying. I don't think I'll really be going there. Um, do you, you want to guess? Like I said, I've done three teams tonight. Do you want to guess how many Robin Lopez teams I have? I'm going to guess two right now. I hope the answer is not three. The answer is three. Oh, boy. Crane. My goodness, man. I know, man. But it's a center against the Wizards who's min price and is going to see 25 minutes. That's the thing that kind of scares me, though, is the thing I could see them just kind of playing small. They have the the length to really be able to do whatever they want with that spot. So if they don't want to go Rolo, they could go Willie Silva. They could give Marvin Williams some more runs. So I think there's just a lot of different ways they could uh, hand okay. those minutes out. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't feel good about it. I, I don't want to sit here and pretend like, Oh, Robin Lopez, he's the lock button on the slate. You mentioned Ursa Nilia. Did you see this thing on the internet too, where Ursa Nilia Silva might be older than he, they say he is. And there's, I mean, I know the Thon Maker was kind of in that same boat. People were saying he's like, he might be like six or seven years older than, than he says he is. <laughs> um, so something about those overseas guys, I guess you, you know, you, you don't know, but uh, he's never really struck me as someone that's, that looks. Much no, older. but it was, there was like, I, the first thing I read when I woke up this morning was this, um, they say RIP to Crane's three Robin Lopez lineups, which is scary because those are the only three lineups I'm doing tonight. But like, there's this really interesting thread about Robin, and it might have just been like some random dude on the internet. But I don't know. I'm gonna have to find that thread. I'll send it to you later. But Please I mean, do. yeah, I'm interested yeah. to see it. I mean, you look at the bigs here. Okay, you've got Giannis Fowler. Okay, you got Rolo, Marvin Williams, Ursan Ilyasova. So that's it. Those are yeah. the only bigs on the team. I mean, even in a blood, doesn't Rolo have to play some minutes? He could. I mean, he could be a guy that you know, even among regular rotation pieces for this game that, that could still um, play if it, if it gets ugly late. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's only not much depth there. I mean, if he plays, he can somehow find his way on there for 25, 26, 27 minutes would be kind of on the high end, I think. But if he can do that, I mean, it's it's certainly not crazy. I mean, at his price, you know, you don't need much. So I don't think it's insane. I mean, I understand the rationale for it. It's just something I don't personally feel safe with. Oh, man. It's, uh, yeah, Robin Lopez chalk. I, I'm glad he's going to be like 14%, and I'm okay with that. I'm surprised to see Giannis only at 14%. You know, we talked a lot earlier about Giannis or Luka. We've got him in right now. You can absolutely play him. You know, we, you can't build a full lineup over, you know, over on our show. We're not going to do that. But if you throw Rolo in there, he kind of makes everything work out. You know, now all of a sudden you get Luka – Giannis and Rolo you're still over 5k a piece and you've got a lot of value on this slate the biggest issue I have had with putting Rolo in lineups 
is that it sort of takes away the positional flexibility that I was talking about earlier, because I do like Joel Embiid. And then once you do that, well, you're using your utility spot at a guy that, you know, has to be a center. I'll tell you what, though, you can definitely do Luka, Giannis, and Embiid. 39 left over. That is ultimate stars and scrubs right there. But you can make it work. You can absolutely make it work. Just oh, yeah. Saying. I'm just yeah. saying, guys. You know, another value player that, um, again, I don't love, but he fits. And he mainly fits because small forward is such a dumpster fire. But I mentioned Eric Gordon, or I mentioned uh, Josh Jackson earlier for just 400 bucks more. You can have Eric Gordon and – the Knicks, they allow, I believe it's the third most three-point attempts in all of basketball. They're very rarely guarded. I don't love Eric Gordon, but I love the price tag at 3-7. I love the fact that because Russell Westbrook and James Harden are going to be there, that he's going to be left open if they find him and if the shots are falling. I like Eric Gordon in tournaments. Is he somebody that you're looking at? No, I did see something interesting, though. I was uh, running a query for the Rockets with Covington on to see if there were anything, any interesting kind of changes to how they were producing with you know him as a primary player there. I did notice that Gordon um, is at 0.82 fancy points per minute, which is a decent bump up from where he generally is with Westbrook and Harden on the floor. Um, again, very small sample size, only been a few games, so it might not mean anything. Um, but I thought it was interesting and, you know, given the style, maybe he is more likely to get some, some open shots up, um, on the Houston side, at least Covington, I really like, and he's a guy in the mid range that, um, you know, I'm going to use, I think he's six K on FanDuel. I want to say, um, he's six, not- three on FanDuel and six K over on DraftKings. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think at that price, if, if he can give you a, he's been about fantasy point per minute since he arrived in Houston playing minutes in the mid to high thirties. If he's doing that, I mean, that's a pretty ample return there. Um, so yeah, to get back to, to your point, I don't think Gordon's a guy that I'm going to end up with. If it happens, it'll be a last guy in and I feel great about yeah. everything else. But um, yeah, certainly not somebody I'm, I'm looking to roster. And you know, earlier I was talking about player groups, how I wouldn't want Josh Jackson and Brandon Clark on the same lineup. I sort of feel the same way about Eric Gordon and Robert Covington. Not that they do the same thing, but I very rarely want anybody in Houston. I don't want two guys from Houston that aren't named Russell Westbrook or James Harden if they're both in. Like Those two take up so much usage. It is so difficult for two other guys to get there, even though they do different things. So Eric Gordon, Robert Covington would not play them in the same lineup, but independent of each other, I have no problem. All right, let's talk some game stacks, man. Hey, by the way, I want to let you guys know, if you, uh, first off, like, subscribe. We're having fun over here. We always have a good time over on Roto Grinders. Secondly, if you got any questions, go and throw them up in the chat. I've got it open. I've got like two screens set up, so I feel completely prepared today. So if you got any questions, go ahead and throw them up in the chat. We will be glad to answer them. And yes, chat, I do enjoy the name Man Bun Kelly. That is a fun, fun, fun nickname. Let's talk game stacks, though. Is there any game that stands out for you from a stacking standpoint? You know, we talked earlier about the Minnesota-Dallas game, playing Luka and D'Angelo Russell together. That's something that I'm doing in a number of my lineups. The Knicks-Houston, I ain't stacking that one up because outside of R.J. Barrett, I don't have any interest in the neck, anybody on the Knicks. Orlando-Brooklyn, eh, I hate that game. I, that's like the one game I doubt I have anybody from. Miami and Cleveland, are you really playing anybody from Cleveland? I'm not so sure. I don't see a single game where I say, all right, I want to stack this one, which is rare because typically – especially in today's NBA, especially this time of the year, we have at least one or two games that have high totals and close spreads. 
We don't really have that tonight, though. Is there a game that really stands out to you as far as uh, stacking it up? So there are two that I think are kind of interesting, and neither of them really fit the mold of a typical game I think we'd want to stack, this, you know, given that there is blowouts expected. Um, Milwaukee-Washington I actually do kind of like from a game stack perspective. And okay. the reason is if Washington can hang around, keep it close – force Milwaukee to keep their regulars on the floor for a little bit longer than they generally like. We get 32, 33, 34 minutes out of Giannis. Um, I think he'll be incredibly productive today, especially with, with Lopez, Brooke Lopez off the floor. Um, and Robin Lopez go, on the floor. And Robin Lopez on the floor. <laughs> I think you can comfortably go Giannis and then kind of run it back with, you know, one of the cheap power forward options and Wagner Hachimura you could certainly go Beal. Um, there's just a number of different kind of value ways you can go on, on the walk or on the Washington side and on DraftKings is a little bit more prohibitive, but both Middleton and Bledsoe are pretty, as they seem to always be, even when Giannis is out are fairly priced on FanDuel. So I think you can kind of look in that direction. I think that's an interesting game. If that one stays close, it could be very high scoring. Um, and it would be interesting, especially, you know, if that one ends up staying close, you'd think. Beal would play normal minutes and would probably be on the high end of his level of production. So I think that's an interesting one and uh, a little bit of a closer spread in this one, but Atlanta Philly, I think is also kind of interesting, you know, yeah. kind of a sensible stacking option with Trey young. You could think about Collins, Kevin Huerter, and then on the Philly side, you know, we obviously haven't beat there. So um, if you're going to stack, I think those are the games that probably make the most sense to look at. A lot of these games just aren't, the spreads just aren't terribly close. Um, but, you know, it's kind of odd that I think the game that I like stack the most has one of the biggest spreads. Um, <laughs> hey, but if it stays but, close, you're there. Right. You know, yeah. we, we talked about the, um, you know, the Atlanta-Philly game, as you were just mentioning. I think Trey Young's really interesting tonight. My biggest problem with Trey Young is that it is really, really tough to click Trey Young at 10-6 when you can click Luke at 10-5. You know, that's my biggest issue right now over on DraftKings. I don't know how you can do that. Like, in tournaments, if I was running out a ton of lineups, yeah, I suppose I'd probably throw 10 lineups with Trey and Embiid and hope the game stays close. I just can't do it, though. Like, Luke is just such a better play than Trey. It's just it's just not a spot I can click on. I, I personally can't do it unless I was multi-entering and had a ton of lineups and even then, I just don't think it's a. Uh, I don't think it's a great play. They want to know if we're willing to stack Memphis and the Clippers, and um, the answer is no. <laughs> I think I it could if... be yes. Okay, I mean, it could be yes, especially if we don't have George, we don't have Beverly. I think that kind of thins the herd for the Clippers in terms of where the production is going to come from. That makes you know Kawhi is already a good play, regardless. Makes him a stronger play. I think Montrose Harrell is also kind of in, in play there, especially if they're down bodies. Williams could kind of become a little interesting. And then we've already talked about Memphis, but we have Brandon Clark there, who's an intriguing value play. Um, you know, any number of the wings they have there, Josh Jackson, we talked about. And then you could, you know, pretty comfortably throw Morant or uh, Valanciunas, who I touched on earlier, is nice fancy point per minute bump with Jaron Jackson off. So I can see it. And I don't think any, I think that one really flies under the radar. So I think if you have a, yeah, four-man stack of that game, it's going to be pretty hard for you not to be unique. So I don't hate that, especially as a speculation kind of thing on FanDuel where we're not going to know about Paul George. Um, we likely won't know at least until main lock. So yeah. I think that's a, a fine contrarian way to go. 
Yeah, and you know, even if Paul George plays, Kawhi's probably still going to be fine. So I have no yeah. problem there. My biggest issue: Reggie Jackson's playing tonight, isn't he? Supposed to. I don't. It's kind of not. You know, we're not sure what his yeah. role looked like. We haven't projected at sixteen or eighteen minutes, something like that. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. I'm afraid, I'm genuinely afraid that he takes some of the shine off of Lou Williams because Lou Williams but, typically has had that second unit all to himself, and we, Re- Reggie Jackson ain't somebody who's just going to be passing it up to Lou. He's going to want to be chucking too. So Lou Williams not in my player pool. I, I get it. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, he's just not for me. We had an interesting question. Uh, Naz Reed or Brandon Clark for cash games. Now, I'm just going to open up the old Roto-Grinders projections tool because when a question like this arises, I cheat. Um, we've got them projected right around the same. My biggest issue with Naz, and it was – I cannot believe I'm going to give him credit, and his XM show doesn't start for another four minutes. So if you're watching, Dean, congratulations, because you're going to get credit for me because he and I were chatting yesterday – and we were talking about this Minnesota situation, and he told me, he said, dude, I don't think I'm going to mess with Naz Reed today because his per 36 foul rate is fouling out. Now, obviously yesterday, big-time foul trouble against the Joker. You can see right here, he had, he had five, it's not on here, he had five fouls basically the whole game. All right, he had three in the first half. Next thing you know, it was five midway through the third quarter. He ended up finishing the game, but he didn't come in until the game was, uh, well, pretty much over. So, I do have some concern facing Kristaps Porzingis with Naz Reed. I think that Brandon Clark is a little bit safer. I think Naz Reed has more upside. And if you can use the 300 to get, um, you know, the 300 that you save going from Reed to Clark, I think I would go with that. Do you have a preference between the two? Uh, gun to my head, I'd go Clark, but I think the difference is fairly. Yeah, it's negligible. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, again, like what you were saying, if you can do something with that extra cap, I think that's fine. But, um, you know, if, if the, you know, if it's just kind of picking one, I think Clark's the guy I'd lean toward. All right. So let's, we had another question, which is better leverage Luca or Beal? I mean, as far as leverage goes, we're talking about guys that are going to be low on that could go off Brad Beal. That's exactly what he did yesterday. He had the massive game. I don't think this is the spot where I'm playing Bradley Beal you know, coming off the huge performance. Now he gets a brutal matchup against Milwaukee. Milwaukee does allow a ton of threes, so I suppose Brad Beal does have that going for him. So the, as far as leverage goes, I guess it's Beal because he'll be lower owned, whereas Luke will be very popular. I also don't care. I'm playing Luke. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I just don't see a world where I'm saying, no, sorry, I can't play Luke because I got to get the Brad Beal leverage. I think the one way you could rationalize it and have it make sense is if you have a, a lineup built around Giannis or maybe another buck included and you mm-hmm. kind of want to run it back with the Beal side. I think if that game stays close, he does have a pretty ample ceiling. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of pretty hard to get away from Luke. I think the only thing that really could end up hurting him is if Minnesota just gets pummeled. And it's, yeah, but if they get pummeled, it's likely at the hands of Luka. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, to me, like I said, Luca and Embiid, those are the two guys I'm not fading tonight. Yeah. It, like, honestly, you will see me with three lineups. I will I will send a random person $1,000 if I don't have Luca and Embiid in every lineup. I think unless Giannis we get is... news, unless some one of them gets ruled out, then you get no money. You get nothing. Yeah. But that, that's a good, good disclaimer. I think Giannis <laughs> is that guy for me. Uh, I could see myself laying off Luca even in a single entry, but it would. It would take a unique set of circumstances. Yeah, like Luke and Embiid, those are just the guys I was just throwing in right away. Uh, another question. 
for tournaments, any interest in a mid-range build to differentiate from the Stars and Scrubs chalk? And I understand, you know, why you're asking that question because we've talked about every single build we've looked at. It's been, all right, here's some Stars, here's some great value. And I understand that on some slates. I don't think this is the slate to do it because let's kind of just take a look at the mid-range, all right? I'm going to sort this by everybody. Let's take a look at this, like, $8,500 range down. I don't love any of these options. Honestly, like I'm just sitting here, like we talked about Rudy Gobert. I think he's fine. Am I in love with him? No. Drummond, I'm not messing with him. Porzingis, meh. Randall's cooled off, and I don't want to pay over 8K for him. This whole range is full of guys that I'm sort of lukewarm on. So to me, it's not something that I'm going to be doing. If I'm going to differentiate, it'll be with a guy like Josh Jackson, a guy like D'Angelo Russell. But as far as the mid-range builds go, SBK, do you see any like viable path by building guys in this range? Because I just don't. So it's tough. I mean, I don't think it's going to a route that I'm taking either. I do have some a couple guys on the short list at each position that would fit the bill for, I guess, mid-range. And Dinwiddie, who we talked about, is one of them. Goran Dragic, the point guard. Um, Donovan Mitchell, I think, is like okay on – Fanduel as a mid-range play. Middleton, we have Lavert on Fanduel. Um, Bojan Bogdanovic at small forward on Fanduel is five-two. Price there is pretty good. Um, power forward is kind of a weird position where it's kind of either want the high end or the yeah. I'm end. saving money at power forward on every lineup today. I know you like Giannis. I'm I'm not quite that stars and scrubbish, but um, yeah. I mean, power forward, you're either going way up or way down. Like the I mean, I suppose Bam Adebayo is fine. Yeah. You know, Tobias Harris, we kind of talked about him at 7-1 in tournaments. Very interesting because he's likely to be low-owned, especially since everybody thought he wasn't going to play. Now all of a sudden he's going to be suiting up. But if he's going to be low-owned against Atlanta, we have to have some interest. I just wish that we were getting a discount. You know, Naz Reed, Robert Covington, Brandon Clark, we kind of talked about those guys in the mid-range, and I think they're fine. But other than that, I'm either going way up or way down. Yeah, I think I'm probably with you. Um it would take some late news, I think, to kind of make me pivot toward more of a mid-range. And I, I don't even know what would have to happen. For I know. I'm, like, sitting here, like, what would be the news that I could get? I don't think there's any. Yeah, like, if Gian- here, if Giannis was ruled out and then you could play, you know, I guess Bledsoe and Middleton would be the guys in the mid-tier. But, I mean, that's just, yeah. yeah. I, I don't see myself going with that build. I don't know why this popped into my head when you said this, but there was a tweet uh, oh, earlier. No. Oh, no. Um, Mark Berman, I believe, from the mm-hmm. New York Post, I think. And he uh, had noted that – I guess he was just, like, watching the Kobe uh, funeral broadcast or whatever was going on with that today. And they saw Harden and Westbrook there. And they're like, well, you know, it's, it's in L.A. and they have a game in Houston tonight. And they're like, well, maybe there's a chance that they don't make it there in time. There, there's no – they're making it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's very likely the case, too. I think yeah. they probably have plans and know how they're going to get – to fly to Houston quickly. Um, but just something to kind of keep at least an eye on as we, as lock approaches. I don't expect that to be anything that's going to impact the slate, but there's given that that was out there earlier, I felt like I, we kind of need to at least say something. So something to at least kind of prepare to maybe have to think about. We're getting a lot of Riachamura questions in the chat and I, I don't get it. I like, I do kind of like him. Really? Uh, okay. Like it's just, I mean, he's going to be, He's going to be low-owned. I fully understand that. But, I, boy, I hate this matchup for Achimura. I mean, I, again, I think this is just going to be a beating. 
You know, yeah. and I, th- I think uh, Otmer is one of the first guys to the bench since he was dealing with the injuries a couple weeks ago. Like, I, man, like, I, I just can't do it. The chat is with you, though. The chat is yeah. freaking fired up for Ruri Otmer. By the way, great Twitter follow. He is – Ruri Otmer is a man of the people. Interesting. I, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the Bucks will give up threes to guys that they aren't uh, af- really afraid of them shooting them. Um, and yeah, with Bertans out, I think they're going to need some of that type of production. So I think, uh, if he gets a, a minutes bump and is a little bit more involved in the offense, I think it was 0.92 or 0.93 fantasy points per minute with Bertans off. And that's a pretty decent sample size. Um, you know, they don't have Thomas Bryant. So I could see that, especially about his price that, that he ends up kind of being a, a sneakier guy for tournaments. Well, let's go ahead and leg a look. Because at one, he's we'll give him 0.95 despite the tough matchup. Give him 32 minutes there. Hey, grades out as an okay value. I mean, he's he's fine. I just don't say a way I can play Achimura when I'd just rather pay 100 more and play Nazarene or save right. 200 bucks and play Brandon Clark. But you know, hey, you know what? If he's going to be one percent owned, maybe I should reconsider that. Especially as you said, if you're playing Giannis teams, I mentioned that I'm concerned if it turns into a blowout, him going to the bench. Hey, if it ain't a blowout, Giannis is going to be out there. Achimura is going to be out there. I don't hate that idea. That's a nice little way to game stack it. Giannis, Beal, Achimura. That is something I would do. You know, in here, I want to show you guys something, too. I don't have this here. I'm going to pull up Roto-Grinders correlations right here. This is a fun little page that I don't think we have been talking about enough, if I'm being totally honest. It's a pretty – were you, were you uh, part of the crew that revamped this? No, I didn't work on this, but it is uh... – it is a tool that I don't think gets enough love. Same with Situation Room, I think, is an incredible. Oh, Situation Room is just the nuts, man. Like, you yeah, can't. it really is. So if we take a look at here at, um, at the correlations, this is really neat, okay? Like, here, we can see Bradley Beal and Rory Oxmer, very small, like, ne- like negative .06, I don't care about. All right? Like, that's, that's just tiny enough. Now, what this will show you is that when Player X does well, who typically does well with them? So this is something that I would want to check out. Um, if you're, you know, this is a pretty poor example because we're not seeing a lot here with the Wizards, but you can certainly check it out. Let's take a look at, uh, for example, well, Minnesota. They've changed their lineup a lot. What's the thing we want to look at here? Let's let's take a look at the Milwaukee. Rock. Might be interesting. Okay, here I'm going to pull up Milwaukee. All right, we'll take a look at the Bucks because if you have Giannis and he's doing well, Eric Bledsoe. This is, should be no surprise. Not as well. You see the negative. 0.16. So typically you don't want to pair those guys up. Middleton, point zero, negative 0.08. That's pretty small, but it's still something that if I was taking a you know guess, okay, well, I do want, you know, between player A and player B, I would look at the correlations and see what works out for me. Basically, nobody correlates well with Giannis. Nobody. Why? Because he takes up a million percent of the usage. That's yeah. why. Let's take a look at Houston because I think we're going to see the same thing with Westbrook and James Harden. You can see right here, Westbrook and Harden, negative 0.34. That is about as big as I've seen for players that have any sort of sample size. You do not want to be playing James Harden and Russell Westbrook together. You don't want to be doing it. You know, yesterday I was taking a look at, I was taking a look at the Bulls um, because I was really high on Sadoransky, Levine, um, and Kobe White yesterday. Two of them got there. Levine did okay. But one of the things I noticed was that Zach Levine and Tom Sadoransky Oddly enough, huge positive correlation. So I was pairing those guys up. This is a really cool. Um, this is a really really cool tool. Just search Rotogrind. I don't even know like how to find it <laughs> on the uh, on the page. I got to figure that out. But I just googled 
Roto-Grinders Correlations. This is a really, really cool tool. And it's uh, something that we haven't been messing with as much. Like, I, I don't think we got to start showing this more. All right. I agree. Everybody out there listening to Roto-Grinders, we need to start showing this Correlations page more because do I think it's the end all be all? Nope. Do I think it's a really great way to kind of break ties? I do. Big T is in the chat. He says Rui strong play. He's got like five G's. And Tony's with you, but maybe I should reconsider. Tony's just been on freaking heater for the last three months. So another guy who's been on a heater lately is Mike Conley. He's been playing pretty well as of late. And of course he's doing it after being a total bum for four months or so. But you take a look at here at the game log, you know, he's got five straight games over 32 fantasy points over on DraftKings. The minutes are there with Conley. The matchup against Phoenix is Obviously fine, and we're going to see him at low ownership. I think if I'm in the mid-range at point guard, he's somebody I'm interested in. Yeah, I had him listed as a play uh, on DraftKings, not as much on FanDuel. So uh, I think it's a little bit site-dependent. The price isn't prohibitive on FanDuel. It's just, you know, relative to the other options I saw there, he made less sense. So I do think uh, he's a better target on DraftKings. But, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, the beginning of the year was horrific for him there. It was looked like it might not even be a fit that would work but they've uh he's come around and uh yeah i mean in the mid mid fives i think is what he's at yeah 50 yeah 5300 over on dk yeah. 57 over on fandle i yeah. he's a much better DraftKings play yeah agreed yeah um yeah it's uh, the chat is really pumped up for Rui. we also had some questions about dennis smith jr which is just a depressing topic but sometimes we have to talk about stuff we don't want to talk about Franklin T. Lakina has already been ruled out. We're still waiting on news on Alfred Payton. I think Alfred Payton is going to play. I do too. If he were to miss, though, how do you fade Dennis Smith? If he misses, you have to lock in Dennis Smith Jr. That is a terrifying sentence. But, like, if he doesn't play, you've got to play DSJ. Well, to play devil's advocate on that a little bit, it is a Knicks point guard. <laughs> uh, and it is Dennis Smith. So, I, I mean, I think there's – just with that alone, you can kind of find a reason to get off him. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I do think Peyton plays, so I don't think it's an issue that we'll really have to deal with. But um, if it is, then yeah, I mean, Smith does become interesting and it would, I haven't looked closely at what that situation would actually look like, but I would imagine that, you know, he'll become a, a pretty intriguing target. I think RJ Barrett would be even more interesting too. Yeah, he would be too. If uh, he were to be ruled out, because we might see some point RJ Barrett, which, um, I mean, you're going to see a lot of turnovers. All of a sudden, the Houston guys would be better, especially in FanDuel, where you get the extra points for, uh, you know, stocks. But, yeah, I have no problem with him. Guys, if you want to ask some questions, we got about eight minutes to go. So make sure you fire them up in the chat. Also, if you're a premium member, we got uh, crunch time coming up later with Andy Means. You know Andy Means is going to be giving you those good plays. So who else is on crunch time today? Do we know SBK? No, I don't know. All right. Somebody important is on crunch time. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, JSU's on. So you got the best tournament guy out there. You got the best cash game guy. And you got Kevin Roth telling you whether it's going to rain or not. So you know it's going to be fun. You know you can't be passing up on – yeah, you cannot be passing up on crunch time if you're a premium member. And if you're not a premium member – the hell are you waiting for? You got to get that good stuff. So make sure you check out premium over on Roto Grinders. Any interest in Glenn Robinson as a value play? We should talk about these Philly secondary guys. You know, we talked about Embiid. We talked about Josh Richardson. We talked about Tobias. Any interest in a guy like a Shake Milton, maybe? Alec Burks got there the other day when Ben Simmons was out. I mean, it's 
we should be talking about these guys, but the problem is we don't know what the hell is going to happen with these minutes, but it feels to me one of these guys are going to get there, though. Doesn't it feel like that to you? It does. I think I don't think Glenn Robinson's the guy that gets there. I think he's probably the least intriguing of the bunch. Um, I mean, I, I'm from Philly, watch pretty much every Sixers game. I have very little clue what they're going to do yeah. with kind of the bench guys. I, I Even taking a guess feel um, – as lost with projecting their rotation as I've been all year. Um, I think Burks is the guy that I think is most likely to get there. And I think it's his style of play kind of translates well with what they're missing from, yes. from Simmons. Um, and I guess with Harrison, it's not, not as big of a deal, but I think with Simmons off Burks gives them uh, an interesting element with handling the ball and being able to kind of score off the, you know, a little bit off the dribble, something that they need desperately. Um, something that Josh Richardson can also help provide I don't think Robinson does enough. He'd have to play minutes in the 30s, I think, to become interesting um, with Embiid and Harris there. Horford's still available. Um, Milton, I think I would have liked if Harris was out. Milton was a shade below a fancy point per minute um, with Simmons and, and Harris off. Uh, but given that his playing time becomes a little bit more uh, iffy, I think Burks is the, my favorite option of those bench guys. And even Thibault might have a random game where – I hope not. I, I never play the dude, and then, you know, he randomly plays 25 minutes and has 30 fantasy points, and I say, where the hell did that come from? Because it ain't yeah. for my team. But He's yeah. been in a little bit of a rut uh, recently with terms of fantasy production, but he's another guy that's kind of interesting. None of these guys are really um, kind of a, a – point of emphasis for me but yeah. i think burks benefits the most of that they're like yeah they're five percenters in tournaments i don't think the coaching staff knows what they're doing either you know no. yeah, I, I had alec burks uh game log up and this one was this game against brooklyn was really interesting he was i and i remember this because i scripted fanduel that night he was four percent on fanduel did not come into the game until eight minutes to go in, in the uh, second quarter it was a really bizarre rotation and then he ended up playing almost 30 minutes. Yeah, he was like, awesome. He yeah, kind of helped yeah. Him exactly. It was bizarre, but he was not getting any early minutes. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I have 40% of a guy that uh, is going to get a, you know, do not play, did not play coach's decision. But it, it didn't end up happening. But that just goes to show you, I don't think they know what the hell they're doing. To me, if I'm going to roll the dice on any of these guys, first off, I'm not doing it on DraftKings. I am not paying 4 9 hoping that Alec Burks gets 28 minutes over on DraftKings. FanDuel at 4K, I think you can make the case to do it in tournaments. I'm, am I in love with it? No. Do I think it's an interesting uh, tournament option that he's going to be like 2%? Yeah, I do. Uh, Conley or none for DraftKings cash? I think I'm going to go with none. What about you? So am I, yeah. I'm team none, 100% on that one. I think it's, you know, Conley's interesting, but uh, with, with Butler, Harrow out, I'm going none there. Any love for Donovan Mitchell tonight? I uh, – Eh. he's, he's yeah. just not making my final build. He's fine. I'm not pumped about him. No, I think if you're making a point to make a mid-range build, if that's kind of your angle, maybe that's interesting. But he's not a – he's on my list of shooting guards that I think are interesting, but he's not anywhere near uh, the level of I'm actively looking at the roster of this player. You know, you were talking earlier about Montrez Harrell. He's going to be 1%. You like him a little bit, don't you, in tournaments? Yeah, I think it depends on the injury situation a bit. I think I like him a little bit more if Paul George sits. But, um, yeah, I think at his price, you know, he's he's certainly interesting and more interesting if they're a little bit shorthanded. DeAndre Hunter or Derek Jones Jr.? Derek, you know, I 
touched on this at the beginning of the show, and I'm just going to reiterate the point here. If I'm coming at the, uh, you know, at the end of my lineup, all right, and I'm looking and I'm saying, all right, I got this guy or that guy. I'm going with the Heat, dude. They're missing Jimmy Butler. You know, I think they, it's funny because I had a lineup earlier that I was building where I said, all right, well, last guy in. Who do I need? What this price tag? Oh, look, it's Derek Jones. All right, that's fine. Um, so to me, it's definitely Derek Jones. I'm not DeAndre Hunter is not even on my radar. Is he on yours? Nope, I'm fully on board with Derek Jones there too. All right, is Embiid a must play? I think so. I ain't fading. I, think, I don't know. He, he's just below a must play for me. I mean, I, I do love it, and I, I will personally be playing him. But it's, I, I think it's with as attractive as Luca and Giannis are, you can't, I think, really make a lineup that you feel great about with all three of those. So I think if you're very much on the Luca Giannis bandwagon, I can kind of see it. There are some cheap options at center, especially depending on the site you're playing on. So from that perspective, I can see going a different direction. But Embiid's an awesome play. It's just a matter of like yeah. what studs are you really making a point to roster. All right, here this one is a fun one. If you um, well enjoy hating yourself, for the for cash games, Robin Lopez or Gorgie Jang. <laughs> it's a painful one to even just like consider. I'm going Jang there, but it's <laughs> awful both ways. It's, you know, I imagine one of them probably will end up being worthwhile, but I don't feel great about it either. <laughs> I sure hope it's Rolo. <laughs> yeah, for your sake, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. That's a, that's a situation I, I – this is a decision I don't want to have to make. <laughs> Somebody asked Mitchell or Justin Jackson. I'm assuming you mean Josh Jackson because Justin Jackson, um, I didn't know who he played for before you asked that, so I assume – you mean uh, Donovan Mitchell or Josh Jackson or Kelly Oubre and Brooks in FanDuel cash games. I don't think I would go with either of those builds on FanDuel cash. No, I, I think Justin Jackson is in, on the slate. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dallas, he so. plays for Dallas. I didn't know that. Yeah, good for you, Justin Jackson. He, he moved on from Sacramento and moved down south. Good for you. But yeah. uh, I'm not doing it. Like, you're not playing Josh Jackson. You're not playing any Jacksons. Reggie Jackson, Michael Jackson, you're not playing any of them in cash games. And Kelly Oubre is certainly not a cash guy that I would be looking at. So neither. Redo your lineup. Yeah, it's probably good advice. Yep. Um, any, any love for Josh Jackson? I like him in tournaments. Cash games, though, oh, hell no. We got to get off here, though. We got to make way for crunch time. That's going to be coming up for you premium members in the next 10 minutes. But before we go, SBK, give me the one guy you are sure that's going to crush tonight. I don't want to say Giannis. That's that seems kind of cheap. I'm gonna you so, know what? So stick with Robin Lopez. No, I almost <laughs> kind of want to roll with the chat. I want to kind of keep this momentum going. We have Uh-oh. with Hachimura. Oh, really? Give me my guy. I want to keep this going. I mean, I, I I was gonna play him before this, and now there's no way I can't. So yeah, I'm oh, yeah invest- you, you, he's in your lineup. So you're screwed. Yeah, you full, can't fully invested in, in Hachimura. So uh, let's go. Hopefully, you it- as well. And the guy that I'm going to be playing a lot more than everybody else is D'Angelo Russell. I've got – he's my sharp side lock today. I've got over 24.5 points on him. I think he's going for 30 real life. I think he's going for 50 on DK. And I think he's going to win me a little bit of money. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. Premium members, you got crunch time coming up in 10 minutes. And if you're not a premium member, what the hell are you waiting for? Get on in. Check out some premium. I don't guarantee you ain't going to regret it. But for SBK, I'm Eric. We'll catch you all later. Peace.